The suspects bolted, and the lawmen were in dogged pursuit when they stumbled upon something that hadn't been seen by many since Prohibition almost a hundred years ago. It's Holly Hill, South Carolina, October 2019. The Orangeburg County Sheriff's Office is on the hunt for several drug suspects, and the culprits have led deputies on a dangerous foot chase through woods and dense bottomlands. Suddenly, officers stumble upon a bootlegger's backwoods den hidden in a small clearing. Barrels of corn mash and illegal white lightning are all around them. It proved to be one of the most major moonshine busts of modern times, making headlines around the region. And veteran lawman and chief deputy Kenny Kinsey was there and joins us here today on the Wicked South podcast to share some amazing tales. Hello, friend. The voice you heard there, of course, Michael DeWitt Jr. from the USA Today Network, where he works as a journalist. He's written the Wicked Hampton County book and the Fall of the House of Murdoch book, which will be coming out very soon, sometime before the end of November. That's still on track there, Michael? Absolutely. All right, with Michael, good morning or good afternoon, wherever this is, wherever you're listening, whatever it may be. Uh, Seton Tucker here, of course. I'm Matt Harris. We also do the Impact of Influence, but this is the Wicked South podcast, and it's exactly where you find it on Facebook at The Wicked South. So we'd love it as we get this baby up and running if you'd support our sponsors. And who would you like to thank here, Michael? Well, we want to thank our listeners, of course, all, all the time, every week. And uh, But we have some of the greatest sponsors. I don't know uh, what other podcasts do, but we just went out and, and found the coolest sponsors we could find that, that kind of carry our, our message of Southern history and heritage and wicked storytelling. We have Rotten Little Bastard Distillery right here in, uh, in the 14th Judicial Circuit in Beaufort County. I'm going to be doing a, a storytelling class on Thursday of this week over at uh, USC Beaufort, and I'm tempted to stop by there and say hello and uh, introduce myself in person. I think the class would have liked it if you would have done one of those, wrote, you know, take the class out for the day. Field trip, field trip. <laughs> well, the, the class is about moonshine, so I'm going to take a jar as a prop and uh-huh. to make my point, you know. Um, uh, <laughs> I've often said that that good writing and good storytelling should be like moonshine, clear, but very strong. Oh, uh, nice. So that's kind of my storytelling angle, but I I don't want to give too much away. I save some for for class, but uh, Rotten Little Bastard Distillery in Beaufort and Palmetto Pride Distillery, Palmetto Pride Moonshine, which we're going to talk about them in the second half of this episode. This is going to be a two-part, two-week episode. The uh, Palmetto Pride Distillery in Anderson up in the upstate. And then we're about to bring on our third sponsor, Dr. Kenny Kinsey here to talk about uh, some real life moonshine crimes. <laughs> Let's uh, bring him in. He was one of the star's witnesses in the trial of Alec Murdoch and Michael DeWitt. Bring in our guest. Uh, we want to welcome our, our guest and our very first sponsor, Dr. Kenny Kinsey. I came to know him during the Murdoch trial and didn't realize I'd already known his family. His his mother was a police officer and she put the cuffs on me a time or two over there in Hampton County. And uh, <laughs> when I met him, we became good friends and he is just just an absolute great guy. We're just happy to, to have him on board today. 
I feel like I'm talking to a, a star here because you were one of the stars of the Murdoch trial and everyone, I think the whole state fell in love with you. Thank you for those kind words, Ms. Seaton. Uh, I was just fortunate enough to uh, be able to help and, and I'm appreciative of the opportunity. And Michael, I want to add the fear of those cuffs, I guess, is what always kept me on the right side because <laughs> my mom would not have hesitated to put those on me either. <laughs> Your mom was a good woman. She actually caught me one time and gave me a warning. And if I'd have been smart, I, I never would have ran afoul of the law. But, you know, sometimes uh, you have to learn the hard way. And it was a, it was a very valuable lesson. <laughs> well, I've always appreciated that story, and it's, it uh, brings back fond memories. Thank you. Dr. Kinsey, this ties right in with our many episodes that we've had about moonshine, and a lot of it was from the past, but now we are moving into almost present day here. What's and, and we have two legal moonshine operations that are sponsors. <laughs> yes, legal ones. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, it was an unrelated crime. Your men were going after drug suspects, I believe. So tell us about that and what the actual guys you were looking for were wanted for. And did you, did you catch them? Yeah, I got my cases mixed up when I talked to Michael. Uh, I actually spoke with Sheriff Ravenel yesterday in detail about it because he's got a much better memory than me <laughs> uh, with things like that. We were actually investigating a very brutal homicide. Oh, wow. And. We could not locate the suspect, and uh, he took a walkabout through an area that, you know, we commonly would come across those stills in the lower end of Orangeburg County in the Holly Hill area. And the sheriff actually, you know, stumbled across it, and we had to leave it be for the time being. And then, of course, the next day or a couple of days later, we come back and took care of business. But it did not slow down the operation at all. And I asked him specifically yesterday, Sheriff, I, I don't remember why you noticed this still. And he said, well, it was easy. He said they had run a hose. You know, most moonshiners would put it on the riverbank or on the creek bank a, a distance from their home. And many times they'll have these operations on someone else's property. This wasn't some big detective work. It sounds like <laughs> that, that, that these, these, these criminals were maybe easy to catch in this situation. No, ma'am. We're not talking about surgeons here. And uh, they <laughs> had it in close proximity to their home. And I guess they got a little bit tired of walking back and forth. So they had a hose, a garden hose, <laughs> run from the still to the home uh, instead of vice versa. And, the sheriff said when he walked up, he noticed, he said, that's kind of backwards. <laughs> and he thought about it. He thought about it, you know, while we continued our manhunt and then went back. And sure enough, it was a major operation. So that hose was just free flowing that was, was so they could get the moonshine into the house. Yes, sir. At least Jeez. in close proximity to the house, I guess so the customer wouldn't have to wait for, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you to walk down the riverbank, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Crazy. Well, Doc, first thing I'm going to do when I get off the phone with uh, you guys is go to Ace Hardware and see if I can get one of them moonshine hoses to run to my house. <laughs> um, the only hoses I have carry water, so I'm going to yeah. see if I can't make some home improvements. <laughs> you know, the, I'm uh, kind of fond of it myself, but only for medicinal purposes or special occasions <laughs> like uh, National Potato Day. You know, I, think <laughs> <laughs> I swore it off after one bad experience on a New Year's Eve. Oh, uh, we'll get you down to our sponsors and you'll be back at it. 
Michael, what, what's next for Kenny? Dr. Kinsey sent me some videos of him and his men and the sheriff destroying the moonshine barrels. Oh, and wow. these, you know, just hardworking, dedicated officers. I know they had a job to do, but they were chopping holes in the barrels with axes and even shooting them with a shotgun to get all the mash and the, and the liquid to drain out. And I just wanted to kind of mention as a, as an old country boy, um, with a little bit of bootlegging uh, history in my family, when I saw that corn liquor running out onto the ground and down into the swamp, it kind of hurt my heart a little bit. <laughs> and uh, I want to know how you felt about that, Dr. Kinsey. It, it, it was kind of painful, Michael. It, it really was. Uh, you know, I, I, I will only partake if I know who cooked it or, of course, if it you yeah. know comes from a licensed distillery. But uh, that was kind of painful to see because, you know, it runs so deep in some families around here and, and it ebbs and, and flows. And we saw it a lot in the 90s and then it kind of died out a little bit. And and now it's making a comeback. Many times you sit around a campfire or a fire out in the country, a bonfire, and somebody will break that jar of clear out. And being in the line of work I, I was in for 30-something years, I would only partake if I knew who made it. And, of course, nobody's going to voluntarily tell you who made it. So I had to be real particular about that. But uh, <laughs> I, I won't apologize for my uh, my caution, but uh, I, I am fond of it for medicinal purposes and of course, you know, it's good for the complexion and a couple other things that might ail you. So it kind of it, it broke my heart to see it pumping out on the ground. But, you know, I had to keep a straight face and act like it didn't mean anything to me. And we were there for law and order and we did what we had to do. Well, in any of your years of, of law enforcement work and maybe seeing a few other stills, did you ever see one that had a possum in it? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I would never... And I know the story. I listened to the pod and, and it was phenomenal. I laughed halfway to Atlanta. But uh, we had a family uh, on the Calhoun County side of Orangeburg and we caught them numerous times. And, you know, you've got to get caught several times before you really feel the wrath of the law. <laughs> and with good legal representation, these families would know when they were almost to that point. And they generally, you know, they didn't shoot it out or run. They would just step up and take the fall. And right when they got to where they were going to actually do some jail time, then another relative would step up and take the blame. And they just worked it like that through uh. the, uh, I guess, through the bloodline. But one in particular on the Kennelly Road in Orangeburg, in close proximity to Calhoun County, we must have busted that steel five or six times when I was a, a very young deputy. And possums were the good stuff you saw floating in it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you had rats as big as, as house oh, cats and, and raccoons and, you know, some things that a good pathologist probably couldn't identify. Oh, and, and that, I guess that's what helped lend me my caution for yeah. consuming clear as we call it around here yeah i can that would uh put a damper on things when you know that there might be rodents floating in uh, before you got to your mouth um so, <laughs> the bootleggers talked a little bit about we had the garden hose running were they arrested did they run there was a newspaper caller said there was about six thousand dollars worth of moonshine there can you break that down for us yeah uh, a good gallon of shine is anywhere from you know, and I'm talking about bootleg is, 
you know, generally goes for, I've seen 25 to $50 a gallon. Wow. And of course, if you buy it in the, in the liquor store, you know, you may pay that much for a quart, uh, depending on the manufacturer. So it was hard for this person to run because he had it on his own property. <laughs> true. <laughs> true. As I, you know, build that thing on your neighbor's property. Don't put it on your property. And it was a real tight neighborhood. And I'm sure everybody could smell that mash and could smell when it was cooking. But wait, wait, so know, this was just in a neighborhood. This wasn't like way out in the country by themselves. It was barely out of the town limits of Holly Hill. <laughs> oh, but you know, this is, this is their revenue in, in that yep. community or, or had been part of their revenue. So I guess the neighbors just put up with it or they may all be family, but maybe they're giving them some kickbacks. Yeah. They were getting some product. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, at least a little sampling occasionally, you know, but I guess, you know, the neighbors put up with it, but we summoned the guy in and the sheriff was very familiar with him. It wasn't his first rodeo. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it, I don't know, times were kind of lean back then. That was, you know, a little bit before COVID, but I, I imagine it probably took him quite a bit before he could fund another operation, but he's smarter than that to put it in his backyard now. <laughs> well, I, I want to get back to the hygiene of this. Your former boss, Sheriff Ravenel, uh, there was a quote that I saw that if people up and down the East Coast could see what the stuff of, was made of, they'd reconsider their orders. You know, it's not exactly clean or DHEC approved. You know, I know you said you wouldn't drink it, but I mean, have you seen people or heard about people getting sick? Oh, most definitely. Uh, when they use, I've seen it uh, run through radiators, old car radiators, oh, truck radiators rather. And, you know, you've got that lead content there and that's a big, big thing. And most of the guys that, and, and I don't know, I'll go on the record. I don't know for sure, but I kind of suspect them guys know something about it. You know, they, they test anything or they claim that where they get it from and where they get it from test it. But, uh, I'm highly suspicious of that, but I, I've really got to be careful. Cause I mean, other than blindness, it can certainly kill you. Yeah. And, and, you know, we've had cases of that throughout the years also where some amateur would go out and try to uh, perfect the art and uh, do it the wrong way and mm. really make somebody sick or, possibly even kill them your question michael yeah i've seen some uh some stories like that in the old guardians when i was doing research for um wicked hampton county there were at least two or three reports of uh of people dying from from bad bootleg and the bootlegger going to, to court for murder or manslaughter or whatever so it was quite common one guy was making it in his bedroom i'm not quite sure how he did that with the fire and this and the steam and all that but <laughs> Um, he was making it in his bedroom. Doesn't sound safe. As police officers, we can see a lot and deal with it, but we don't like smells. <laughs> you know, as I said in a number of, of articles, you know, it's not the decomposing victim, other than being a victim, but it's not the decomposition that bothers us. It's the smell. Mm. And Michael can probably attest to this. It's not a pretty smell. To be around when somebody is, uh, you know, they're they're cooking their mash and and maybe the final product doesn't smell that bad, but it's kind of a rough encounter wow. prior to them putting it in that bottle. Did not know I that. am starting to realize that a few years back, my husband was thinking he was going to learn how to make some whiskey. So I think we ran a moonshine operation. I'm I'm admitting this on air. <laughs> <laughs> I can't well, believe, but because now I'm remembering that smell of that mash. And is I was that like, bad? Really? It's terrible. Oh. And he did it in my kitchen. 
<laughs> well, he's from Florence. I, well, I, I, please don't come arrest me after this. Yeah. We don't have. No, this you were, Hey, I don't do that anymore. You were making hand sanitizer. Remember that? <laughs> During COVID. <laughs> All right, we've, we've got uh, you know family connection to talk about. We've got uh, some stuff in the '90s to talk about. More of that in a moment. Uh, first, a quick break to talk about moonshine with a legal moonshine sponsor, Palmetto Pride Moonshine. The holiday season's coming up, so you can sip your way to the holiday season with Palmetto Distillery's collection of award-winning spirits. All right, guys, we got to try these all. 12 moonshine flavors, 6 sipping cream flavors, a 21% rye whiskey, and even ready-to-drink cocktails. Something for everyone on the list, so you can do this as a, a great present. I still say it's time for a Michael, Dwayne, Seton, Matt trip, but... Nevertheless, Michael, you're closer, so I expect uh, this sent up to us. You can share the love and spread some cheers this season. They're limited edition holiday samplers. Tell me more, Seaton. Oh, I love it. They make a great gift. Uh, each set includes five top-selling Palmetto Moonshine flavors neatly bundled in a traditional candy cane case. A gift that looks as good as it tastes, yeah. Yep. Uh, search their online store locator to discover a liquor store near you or online at liquidblackjack.com. Michael, tell them about the limited time deal. I would be delighted to. And we're also going to post this on our Facebook page. Great. For a limited time, the Wicked South listeners can get a special 25% off online discount. Uh, from their online orders from palmettodistillery.com or liquidblackjack.com when you use this promo code, Holiday Cheers in all caps, Holiday Cheers. Use that promo code at checkout and get in the holiday spirit. Find your flavor and pass the jar. Palmettodistillery.com, liquidblackjack.com, promo code Holiday Cheers. You can find it on the Wicked South Podcast Facebook page. During the break, talking with producer Dwayne, I need a good question. What is mash? What is it that stinks? Who, who wants uh, Michael? Can, Doctor Gindy? Who wants to handle that one? I don't know. When my husband was trying to make this with with Carolina Gold Rice, it was his idea. He's he's going to be mad at me for sharing this because I think he still has aspirations. But I think Doctor Kinsey said you could make it out of lots of different things. Yeah, it's the fermentation process. I've seen inmates in the correctional institutes and in the prisons make it from fruit cocktail or the little cups of fruit that they get with their meal. Uh, once you get it fermented and, and, you know, of course it's actually rottening and that's where the process begins. And when you put that mash in that corn mash in water, or I've talked wow. to a guy that used horse feed and, you know, I'm thinking sweet feed, like my Lord. daughter fed the horse, but what he was talking about is oats and corn and, and chipped up, you know, uh, corn and and that's what they use once it permits that starts to process and then it goes through a whole situation where it's cooked down and cooked down and cooked down and actually it becomes a, a mist or a vapor and the apparatus itself the steel catches that vapor and uh like i said i didn't pick up that i do have a family tied to it but unfortunately everyone was dead and gone when i came along so i never i never learned that art <laughs> now doc we we touched on this earlier um but the article said that that holly hill area had been a trouble spot for bootlegging in, in years in, in previous years and you also told me that you were involved in some moonshine raids back in the 90s 
is all of that in Orangeburg County? And, and, and what can you tell us? Yes, sir. I have come across many seals in South Carolina in the different counties when running bloodhounds. You know, I, I used to help out the, the bloodhound tracking team at SLED on occasion. And uh, of course, th- those are all severe crimes. So you didn't have time to stop and deal with it then. But uh, I mentioned earlier, just briefly, we had one family in Orangeburg when I was just, I mean, a slick sleeve deputy in the rear ranks. And we got to go out on occasion and, you know, it would start with an incident report and then maybe you would drive to the area and just do a little bit of inspecting. And and it was it was a family operation. And, you know, they would go to the grocery uh, surplus store, you know, equivalent to Sam's and they would buy their sugar in the big 50 pound bags. <laughs> and you knew who the steel belonged to when you come across it. And generally speaking, they would take it all the way to the edge of the table. They they would step up and, you know, take the blame for it. And you had to get caught many, many times before you actually, you know, went to the penitentiary. So it uh it, it was kind of common back then. And then I believe in the early 2000s, it, it was kind of rare around here. But you've got places that's been selling it for 50 years. They'll sell it by the cup. They'll sell it by the quart. You know, if if you heading down the road in such and such neighborhood and you want you to call it boot, you know, you want you a, a shot of boot. It's, it's just like you or I would go into a bar and get a shot of high dollar bourbon. I mm. mean, they they get it in the little bathroom cups, the little solo cups and uh, two or three dollars a shot and they go on their way. And, you know, some who really like it would, of course, buy it by the container. Now, Michael, I think you had a conversation with Dr. Kinsey, and he gave you some sort of confession. What's that all about? (laughs) Well, um, I can't tell you everything that Doc (laughs) has told me in private. When we get to kind of chatting, it's like we two old country boys around a fire, and he he forgets he's a retired cop, and I forget I'm a journalist, so I can't tell you everything. But he did tell me that he had a couple of family members that were bootleggers, but they found their way to the straight and narrow. But I'll, I'll let him tell it. Yeah, you know, growing up, I, I didn't get to ever meet my maternal grandfather. He passed away uh, a year or so before I was born. But I did know his brother. And, and I'm just going to go by the first name. His name was Furman. And uh, he was a hog farmer in, uh, right on the line of Orangeburg, Calhoun County. And the story always was from my grandmother and, and my aunts that, uh, you know, they, they ran an operation and they got caught. And my grandfather was able to avoid jail time. But uh, my uncle Furman and, you know, they call everything the penitentiary back then. So I'm not sure if it was an extended stay and <laughs> if he actually went to the Department of Corrections. But uh, it, it was kind of a big deal because every time the family would get together, you know, at, at a function uh, when he wasn't part of the conversation or my Aunt Irene wasn't part of the conversation, you know, it would always come up. <laughs> so I don't know exactly how much truth is there. All of them have long gone left the earth. But uh, I know there's some truth there and, and I don't know the particulars, but I was told by cousins and that kind of thing that it was uh, it was pretty high demand stuff and and it was for the weak at heart. So that's what I, you know, I said before I had to come out on the right side because, you know, if I would have chose them other directions, my mom and daddy would have killed me to start with. (laughs) But uh, 
you know, I hate I didn't learn some of those things, but I suspect I've got friends now that maybe know the art. They don't tell me where it comes from. It just <laughs> kind of pops up occasionally. But uh, and COVID, you know, I had a gallon that a guy brought me. I'll tell you this real, real quick. I had a gallon that a guy brought me and you could actually still see particles floating around in it. So I wouldn't dare drink it. Particles. Oh. <laughs> particles. This, guy, this guy is kind of an associate. Anyhow, he's not really a, a friend friend. And uh, but but, we, you know, we get along. And then the hand sanitizer during covid got hard to find. You couldn't find it in the stores. So <laughs> I broke out the old YouTube and I made. Uh, a gazillion gallons of hand sanitizer and it it really really worked and you know it it served its purpose i guess so i'm very appreciative of that also you pass them out to friends (laughs) i did not pass it out to friends because i was afraid that the friends i hang out with they would uh they would know what it smelled like so i just kind of kept it close by (laughs) (laughs) well you've had a really interesting career from moonshine to murder cases uh the Alec Murdoch trial. Uh, tell us what's next for you and your new private firm. See, I am really, really, I, I mean, I cannot imagine any more fun than I'm having with uh, terrible situations. I, I've met so many hundreds and hundreds of good folks and, you know, some great new attorneys that uh, I, I've been retained by. And I'm just enjoying doing my work again and and getting to, you know, answer questions that otherwise would remain unanswered, whether it's getting the answer for, you know, helping prosecute someone or whether it's I truly believe someone is wrongly convicted or, you know, may be wrongly convicted. I, I have to believe in it. But I have, you know, I've been so blessed, you know, since this Murdoch trial and as I've you know mentioned, I never expected any of this, but it's truly a blessing for my family and I. And I've traveled. I've traveled as far as Alabama and got the opportunity to lecture, you know, 500 men and women wearing badges and guns. And, you know, I, I've, I've done charity events and, and I've been able to uh, just help. I mean, when we leave this rock, there's only two things they can say about you. And and I hope one day, you know, somebody stands over me and they say, look, he was a good man and he loved his family and friends. And I just love what I'm doing. And it's so nice to be responsible. If you mess up, fess up. But you're not you're not responsible for a, a hundred plus other men and women, even though I love them and I miss them. I don't have to make all the decisions. I just make the decisions I think are right. That's great. And they can contact you. Would you have a website for the new business? Yes, sir. Kenny Kinsey and Associates, LLC. Uh, We're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Like I said, every time I tell my wife, I'm like, look, I hadn't had an attorney contact me in a couple weeks. And she said, look, you've got all these cases. Don't worry about that. And as soon as it comes out of my mouth, you know, I'll have a couple attorneys give me a call and Things have worked out uh, so, so much better than you could expect or so much better than I deserve. Mm. And uh, I've just been enjoying getting the word out and and trying to uh, trying to help. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, We'll have to have you back on for sure with some of these other cases that uh, we've got going on. Uh, Really appreciate it, Doc. Thank you, Miss Seaton and and Matt and Michael, as always, man, I love you like a brother and, uh, 
I just appreciate this and just just continue to make me laugh, man, because I've missed that for you know so many years of my life. And and I'm gonna tell you, if you'd have seen me going to Atlanta, you'd have swore I had a bottle of that moonshine in the truck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know we'll ever beat that story. Yeah. You you guys broke up a six-hour trip to Montgomery, Alabama. You broke it up and I laughed about it for days. And wow. I appreciate what you do trying to uh shed light on some of the terrible things that man, you know, can do and hopefully some of the great things that man can do also. And, and thank you all. And God bless. All right. Thanks, doctor. Thanks doc. It's just an absolute uh, pleasure to, to hear you call me a friend and, and to hear you listen, you know, not just support us as a sponsor, but, but listen and enjoy it with your family. And, um, I stayed in that courtroom just like you almost every day for six weeks. And, all those lawmen, all those lawyers, you were the most approachable, yep. relatable, yep. friendly human being in that courtroom. Absolutely. And I just it's just an honor to, to know you. Well, I thank you, friend. It, it hadn't always been that way, but I've learned it's uh, I've learned we all have to coexist. And, and I'm a live and let live kind of guy. Thank you so much. All right, man. Bye. Thank you again, Doc. You are our very first sponsor and you're helping us keep the lights on in the podcast booth. I'm sure we'll have him on again, and we want to remind our listeners that this is just part one of a two-part series. I don't know if I'm going to call it Dr. Kenny's uh, Moonshine Confessions <laughs> or Modern Day Moonshining, but we're going to have uh, some more special guests coming up next week for part two. We're, uh, we've got on deck, we've got a local moonshine author, South Carolina author, and we've got a descendant of a bootlegger who is now uh, working to make moonshine a respectable business and an ongoing part of our Southern heritage. So um, got some things to look forward to in part two of this, uh, this two week uh, episode. And I think Matt and Seton, you've got some kind words or, or reviews well, from, yeah. from readers. What do, what do we have? We had a good one uh, on Apple episode 12 possum. This episode made me laugh and brought me back to memories of my papa he talked about eating possum all the time when I was little. His dad, Bill Paul, was the chief of police in Calhoun Falls, and he also made moonshine back in the 40s till the early 60s. I love hearing about how things were back then. You'll listen to that episode. You can get caught up on that story that has become all the rage. You want to thank our sponsors again and give a shout out, Michael. I do. And before I forget, guys... I've got to tell some stories. When I do this storytelling class Thursday in, in, at USC Buford, they want me to teach the crowd. I think we got about 100 people signed up. Great. Teach them the art of storytelling, and then they want me to share some. They're going to put me on the front porch of the oldest building on campus, and they want me to tell some stories. And oh, I want great. your opinion. Should I tell that possum story? Yes, or is it yes, 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 no story. question. All right, I, I think I will. I think I'll, I'll share that. Might be some entertainment there. And I've got another story I'll share later how I tried to rescue a damsel in distress and I made the mistake of taking her home to tell my wife, you know, that I was trying to be a hero and my wife almost killed the poor girl. So <laughs> that's another story I think I'll say. I for, can't wait. For, uh, Buford. Yeah, we want to thank our sponsors, Dr. Kinsey, of course, Palmetto Pride Distillery and Rotten Little Bastard uh, Distillery in Beaufort. I just got an email from them. They told me they're going to be open on Thursday when I uh, when I get Great. through telling stories in Beaufort and for me to stop on by. So I'll, I'll, I'll give my regards from Matt and Seton to our sponsors there and uh, thank everyone for listening as well. And you want to give a shout out to one of our listeners from Hampton County? That's right. Uh, my wife is working with a, a young lady who is from Charlotte, and uh, her first name is Sherry. 
And uh, she told my wife, she said, I've been listening to your husband's podcast, but I've been a, a big fan of, of Matt and Seton for a while on Impact. And she's also a fan of yours when you did a radio show, I think, with a, another young lady. Mm-hmm. Um, right, yep. She was also telling me that you were on a show called What Not to Wear. <laughs> uh, tell us. That sounds kind of um, kind of interesting, Matt. I just found out about this, and we have to find this episode. We need a view yeah. party. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I was on What Not to Wear. Uh, uh, Clinton Kelly and, was on it. Stacy Clinton, Stacy. Today you're wearing what's not to wear because Matt is wearing these pants that apparently make. <laughs> I know I should not wear and bad socks. I'm a mess. Uh, don't tell Clinton on me. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't the greatest. I was just. I no, was more. The pants are good looking. They just make noise. That's true. That's true. Well, we will have to find the episode or have Clinton call in and uh, join us for a show because we. Uh, yeah, that show was big for a while there. I loved that show. Yeah, uh, it was the Matt Ramona show, and so she reported me. To them, and they called me out, and uh, so I had to go to New York and try to find new clothes because all I wore were shorts and old T-shirts. So it's not much different. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we thank you all for joining us. We're always grateful for that. The Wicked South Podcast on Facebook. Uh, please share the episode, rate the episode, subscribe is a big thing too. Make sure you hit that button. And we're always grateful. Talk soon, friend. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.